Welcome to Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Now here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio, the 29th day of November 2019. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central, West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in Chapter 9, the book of John, beginning with verse 13. Before we do, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, that your word would go forth as you said it would, and not come back void. You see every situation, every circumstance, every person that's going to hear this broadcast and their needs. And we ask you today that you minister to them. And Lord, you said faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We just thank you for your word that you sent us to heed us. We'll never fail to give you your honor and praise. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. Yesterday we talked about the healing of the blind man who had been blind from birth. There was a question asked uh had this man sinned or his parents sinned? Uh, is that why he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but the works that the works of God should be manifest in him. Uh, blind from birth. He, he didn't know the day he got up that uh, his life was going to be changed forever. Job said, I'll wait all the days of my life for my change. He was referring to the touch of God on his life. God's the only one that brings uh, permanent change. Everything Satan offers or does is pseudo-temporary. But Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath, which continued to agitate the quote-unquote religious community uh, with all their laws and all their fineries and all their pride. And this man gets healed by uh, the Lord spitting on on clay and rubbing it in his eyes and telling him to go to the pool of Siloam, which means by interpretation, sent. You see uh, what what the Lord did and and the obedience of the man. And the Bible says his eyes were opened, and uh, he was no longer blind. So instead of people rejoicing, well, we see people getting agitated because, like I said, we're going to talk today about Jesus healed him on the Sabbath which uh, he uh, contradicted the religious crowd and their and their spoken laws and their legalism. So, and, and you know, this same uh, thing exists today in the modern-day world, in the modern-day church, the uh, spirit of religion. And, uh, uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a horrible thing. It is a, it is a horrible thing because it's not, it's not upon God. Uh, Jesus said himself, I'm telling you what, what, what he said, that you're, you're of your father. You say you're Abraham's your father. But if you knew Abraham, you'd know me. But Abraham knew God. And they said, well, we were not born out of fornication. He said, no, your father's the devil. I mean, that's, that's what he said. You can read this. And so uh, once again, he was flying in the face of their 
of their man-made laws and their traditions, and that's aggravated them, of course. And of course, you know, they were very angry uh, at the end of chapter uh, at the end of chapter eight. Verse 59, then they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by. Uh, they were mad and wanted to kill him. And, of course, eventually they will, but not not, not an assassination, but a sacrifice. Jesus Christ, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So today we're going to find this, this blind man, once blind, now he sees, uh, being brought before the Pharisees and the scribes in the temple. Uh, in that culture, it was uh, it's a horrible thing to be cast out of the temple because you lost you lost all, all all social contact, like like leprosy, so to speak. And uh, you know, you, if you had a job, you might you might lose your job. If you had pull on a job, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, just things that you would lose. And uh, you know it, 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 you know it was considered a fearful thing to be cast out of the temple. Like I said, you were an, you were an outcast because everything in that culture evolved around the temple. So, verse thirteen, chapter nine, they brought to him. Talk about the man that was once blind. The Pharisees to, to the Pharisees, him that aforetime was that was was past tense. Blind changes taking place. This man has a radical, radical, radical changes. Verse fourteen, and it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Um, so now we have another confrontation over religious rules or the traditions of men, and. Uh, like I said, it's still going on today. Uh, <clears throat> so in the eyes of the Pharisees, uh, he was a blasphemer. He was uh, one that, uh, uh, in their eyes, committed an unpardonable sin by violating uh, the Sabbath. And we know that the Bible says that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, they didn't mind doing things for material gain, such as taking their ox out of the ditch. And, uh, as far as the saving a man from a, uh, a life of blindness and, and from hell and, and, uh, and changing his life, you know, that was, you know, that could not be done. And there's no rejoicing, you know, in this, man who was blind from birth and now he sees see religion will cause people to be calloused God help us today uh, when we become a mechanical uh, being so to speak that we just follow the rules and regulations and traditions of men see? and uh, people become hard hearted guard your heart the Bible says, because out of your heart proceeds the issues of life. So, there again, they were very, very stirred up. Verse 15, John 9, 15. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him, 
how he had received there again. There it is. Received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed, and I do see. Of course, wasn't a real good explanation. They had no idea how that happened, you know. Uh, everything is pointing to him being who he said he is, or was, or is now. And the evidence was mounting up against them, but still rejection. Yeah. We'll find out they're going to say that if, if this man was not of God, he could not open blinded eyes and do the miracles that he did. And, and, and we're going to find that many believed on him. There was a division in Jerusalem, a division in the temple, in that area. And and uh, even some even some of the uh, the you know the Pharisees believed on him. Uh, remember Nicodemus who came to the Lord by by night. I believe he did. Now whether he he departed from from that that particular uh, group, I don't know. But you you either receive Christ or you reject him. There's no middle ground. Well, he was a good man. He was a good teacher. Yeah. But who do men say that he is? Then the ultimate question is, who do me and you say that he is? That's what he asked his disciples. Who do you say that I am? Because we know Peter gave the ultimate answer. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, the one sent from God. That was promised in the Scriptures. So you have to deal with Jesus Christ. And once again, our our churches can't save us, our ministers, good men of good men and women of God who who uh, uh, serve the Lord, but there's no power in themselves to save us. Organizations can save us. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And this flies in the face of religion. So they questioned him. Verse 16. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, listen, some, a division, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. John seven twelve, and there was much murmuring amongst the people concerning him, for some said he is a good man, others said nay, but he deceiveth the people. See? And that's and that's today. People are rejecting and people are receiving him. And I guess the bottom line today is is how do you perceive Christ? Who do you say that he is? Yeah. Many deemed him a madman, so to speak. His own family said he's beside himself okay. because of the claims that he made. Well, they weren't, they weren't just claims. They were the truth. John nine seventeen. They say to the blind man again, 
What sayest thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. Hmm. And that the highest title in that, in that time that a man could be called was a prophet. Jesus called John the Baptist more than a prophet. The forerunner of Christ. In John chapter 4, we find the woman at the well when the, the Samaritan woman said this in John 4.19, the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet, when he told her all about herself. But the prophet has no honor in his own country, amongst his own kin, so to speak. But this blind man didn't back off. And you got to realize he knew in the back of his mind that he was probably going to be thrown out of the temple. That they were probably going to cast him out. Which the repercussions, like I said, not going to be good. But he had his sight. He had Jesus in his heart. And I'm sure God made a way for him. Okay. Verse 18. But the Jews, some of them, did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. You see, you think this might have aggravated them? You think this was it eating at them? Do you think that maybe they think they were losing control because of the great miracles this man named Jesus was doing? They were threatened by him. They were threatened by him. They they held the power of the temple. They they controlled the money changers and the, uh, you know this was the focal point. This was the hub of everything, and they were in control of it. Okay. Men don't like to lose control. Hmm. Okay. So they called the parents. Verse nineteen, and they asked them, the parents, saying, "Is this your son?" Who say who you say was born blind, and now doth he see? Verse twenty. And his parents answered them, and said, "We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind." They did not didn't deny what was going on. Verse twenty one. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Okay. Or who had opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, or he's an adult. Ask him. He shall speak for himself, which they already did. Um, the first statement was certainly true. This was their son. He was born blind. But most likely they knew who Jesus was. And and they were, you know, expecting the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the wrath, so to speak, of the Pharisees. So they didn't, they didn't confess Christ. Jesus said, 
if you are ashamed of me before man, I will be ashamed of you before God. If you deny me before man, I will deny you before God. There again, pointing to his his uh, uh, work of intercessor, sitting by the right hand of God, his uh, a part of the that he is the mediator between God and man. Verse twenty-two. These words spake his parents. Listen, the scriptures, the Holy Spirit says they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. I said before, excommunication from the synagogue uh, be cut off from family, from social ties, from your job, from literally everything around you. You're an outcast, considered unclean. And they weren't quite ready to pay that price. But <laughs> they weren't the one touched. Okay. Although they should have been very, very happy for their, you know, their son and not deny Christ, in my opinion. But people do what people do, and you know, we don't know. We don't know what, what, what goes on in people's minds and hearts. Verse twenty-three. Therefore said the parents, "He is of age. Ask him. You know, why? Why are you grilling us? You know, we, we've told you he's our son. Yes." He was born blind, yes, but now he sees. How it happened, we don't know. We don't really know. We don't really know. So, the, so in essence, I would say they probably did. But there again, the Bible says, fearing the Jews. Uh, that they did not confess Christ. That fear of man. Fear of man. And that and that and that's the question uh, during the tribulation period. That many will be asked, oh, "Are you of Christ?" With their very life lying in the balance, because in those days we you can read the scriptures that uh, if they don't deny Christ, they're going to lose their life. Okay. And it's going to take something to confess Christ. I mean, I mean, you know, in today's society, people uh, they didn't they don't confess him because of peer pressure. Well, what about the threat of his very life? Do do we have enough of God in our life? Do we have enough of the Holy Ghost in our life? I heard a preacher preach one time: "Lord, make our spines of steel that we don't cave." under the uh, pressure of the modern-day world, be, or the spirit of the Antichrist is working. Look around you. Subtle though it may be, but the Bible declares Satan's subtle. It's certainly working. And if you have Christ in your life, you should be able to, to, to spiritually discern the times, where we are at, what's going on. 
Okay. Verse 24, round two of the interrogation. John 9, 24. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Hmm. So what they're saying here is you've got to deny Christ. Uh, that, that term to give God the praise is equivalent of swearing to tell the truth. But we're going to find out that uh, threats, they're blasphemy. Did not sway this man. Listen, his life had been changed. You know, the Bible indicates about Mary Magdalene. And the Word of God says Jesus cast out seven devils. And how grateful she was. He said, much forgiven. He says, it will give much praise. She didn't deny him. No, sir. No, sir. My Lord, he changed her life. If you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, you don't want to deny him. Now, if you have a religious experience, yes. If you have a church experience, yes. If you, uh, you know, if you're just in a social function, by getting up on Sunday morning, sometimes Sunday nights, and going to church as a function, religious function. Yeah. There's probably more business deals cut in churches than there is in marketplace because it's simply a social function. But the Word of God says, and Jesus said, when he was taking care of the money changers, my house shall be called a house of prayer. This is where we lay down everything from the week, and, and, and we go in, and the Bible says, for God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Almost David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. And what they were trying to do, see, you know, and this man was not going to deny what happened. He was appreciative for one thing, and he certainly wasn't going to deny the one that opened his blinded eyes. So they just continued to interrogate him. They're not going to leave him alone. They, they were attacking the character and the credibility of Christ. They, they didn't want any, him to have any weapons to prove that he was who he said he was. But we all know that he was, but, but, but they didn't know that. John nine twenty five. he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. He stated the obvious. I was blind, but now I see. And I must point back, this was all done by grace. 
he was just sitting there doing his everyday chores or his everyday means of surviving, which is being a beggar. And there, there was people in those days who were, who were sick and, and maimed that, that were professional beggars. They were, they were uh, 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 sanctioned by the city. Verse 26, then say to him, what did he to thee? How open thine eyes? This is the third time. They ask him how, how he was healed. See, there was an urgency to disprove him. They were losing their grip on some of the people. But they want to control all the people. Okay. Verse 27. Choose you this day whom you serve, the Bible says. That's not the verse. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Okay, John 9, 27. He answered them, I have told you already. He didn't, and ye did not hear. Wow. Well, they didn't want to hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? Uh-oh. This man had some holy boldness or some courage that few had in Israel that day because they feared the religious people. They feared two things, the Romans and the religion crowd. Boom, boom, boom. Which most things that were done, Pilate, who was what the governor at that time, you know, he would consult the religious leaders. Acts, I'm sorry, John 9, 28. Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. That's again going back to the law, and they really weren't Moses. In Acts three twenty two, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you unto your, of your brethren, like unto me, him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. Okay, they said they know Moses, but yet if they knew Moses, then they would know Christ. And they didn't. And that was because they were judicially blinded. John nine twenty nine. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. So they were totally blind. He told them, I come from my father. Uh, there was many prophecies about him, but they still did not see not. They, they did not see what was going on. They didn't see him as the Christ. And if they if they would have known Moses, then they would have known Christ. John 9.30. Man answered and said unto them, Why herein is a marvelous thing, that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he have opened, and yet he have opened mine eyes. What a witness. What a witness. What he's saying in essence is only God can open blinded eyes. Only God can open blinded eyes. But yet they did not see him. And they were getting, I'm sure, madder and angrier and and animosity was growing. 
John 9, 31. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth not his will, him doeth his will, him he heareth. Verse 32. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that it is not heard that any man opened the eyes one that was born blind. So this portrays the magnitude of the miracle. You know, this was a miracle. This man in his mind knew I'm going to sit by wherever he sat and beg the rest of my life until I die. And I'm, you know, he probably probably suffered depression. You hear people clamoring around and he's going, Oh man, if I could just if I could just see <laughs> the, the physical problems wear on the mental too, see. Verse thirty three. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. He made the point, he said, God doesn't hear sinners. Okay. But he said, But if any man worship God's spirit and truth and do of his will, he is of God. And God heareth him. And sinners don't normally pray, except except the sinner's prayer. He said, if he's not of God, and he could do nothing. Verse, verse 34, they answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins. And dost thou teach us? Listen. And they cast him out. That word cast means excommunicated. He was had a testimony. That this man is not a sinner because God heareth him. Now, did they hear the prayer? Did God hear the prayer of the Pharisees? They didn't know him. <laughs> they didn't know him. Prayer is a communication between God and man. And most of the time, if you were at a lengthy conversation with, with, with someone, you know them or you'll get to know them. It's based on knowledge, mutual knowledge. So he's out. He's out. Now the, now the Bible doesn't talk about um, what his parents did or whether they stayed in the temple or, you know, they 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 might have been thrown out too, you know, you know because he was there. Some see they were. Tried to excommunicate and cast out and reject every, everything that had to do with Jesus Christ. That 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 that's the bottom line. Now, you know, they say this man, oh please don't say no. He probably left and said, Whatever. Whatever. And the Bible tells us 
you know, today to uh, 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 depart from evil and religion. Depart from those that preach another Jesus. Another gospel. And the gospel is Jesus Christ crucified, resurrecting, ascending, coming back in like manner. And he still doing these miracles today. He's still opening the blinded eyes today. He's on earth, but the Holy Spirit's here. And by his stripes, we are healed. He's still saving souls today. Next time, we're going to talk about Jesus talking to the healed man or the man whose eyes were opened. And the conversation that Christ had with him. So it's just building up, of course, to his arrest and to, and to his crucifixion, which had to be, but as I said before, it wasn't a murder, it was a sacrifice. So this same man that opened the blinded eyes of this man is the same Jesus today that we can receive in our heart and our lives and make him Lord of our lives. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, we don't know him. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Confess your sins. Make a conscious decision to repent or turn and go in another direction and denounce all evil. And you're changed. The Bible says the old man no longer around and we put on the new man. It's a scientific term for that called metamorphosis, a, 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 a radical change. This man experienced a radical change. Many today need to uh, have a radical encounter that brings in a radical exchange, or, or change, I should say, not exchange. Although there, there, there was an exchange at the cross where he bore our sins, made us free. He stood in our place. The song says, I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. But Jesus, God's son, took my place. And he's doing that mediator work today. We're coming to the end of this age, the end of grace, and the end of mercy. The Bible declares there's coming a tribulation period. The Bible says there's coming an hour when no man can work. We're still in the church age. The church is the functional entity that is preaching the word of God, the undeniable, uncompromising, infallible word of God. This is what we're supposed to do. And if we're not doing that, we're probably not a church. We're just a social gathering. Where Jesus Christ is lifted up, that's where the church is at. Where Jesus' gospel is being preached, that's where the church is at. Where men come together to worship God in spirit and truth, that's where Jesus is at. The spirit of God's at. For God is a spirit, and as we worship him, as worship him in spirit and in truth. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. 
We thank you today, Lord, that it goes forth and won't come back void. Lord, as we try to get through this today, Father, Lord, I'm confident, not in myself, but I'm confident in your spirit that you teach, that you guide, that you comfort, that you help, that you heal. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, you do what needs to be done in the lives of those who are going to hear this particular broadcast today. And the changes, Lord, would be radical in their lives. That they would make a turn and go in another direction. Lord, that you would touch anything terminal. Lord, that you would break addictions and perversions in lives today. And as this man was changed, we read about, may our lives be changed by the power of the gospel. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. Lord is my shepherd, I shall.